Welcome back, Baseball Life. Today, September 21st, show number 32. Henry Maldonado Jr., Vince Mercandetti, Rob Martinez in the background, and you are watching Dong City, baby. Let's go. Woo. All right, so here we are, Henry. How was your uh, How was your week? And you've now had two weeks without me, so how have those been? <laughs> it's quiet. Quiet, no arguing, no debating. I don't like it. <laughs> no proving why you're wrong. That's, that's, not, that's not how I live my life. I don't it's like quiet. that at all. It's quiet. It's quiet. I expect <laughs> to be back Monday talking shit when my Niners play your Giants. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that'll be one-sided talking shit, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably have a, uh, a duel to the death. You know, the loser doesn't come on the show next week <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't want to lose twice, so I'm not taking that bet. Um, <laughs> I do not have high expectations. We will talk about the extent of that, actually, at the end of the show. But um, welcome to Dong City. As Henry said, that's Henry Maldonado. I'm Vince Mercandetti. Uh, as we are accustomed to, usually we begin this show with COVID updates, but of course there are no COVID updates. Why? Mm-hmm. Because COVID's not a serious threat to Major League Baseball originated right here on Dong City. It seems like the sports leagues are doing a better job than our government. Go figure that one. I know. Yeah, right? (laughs) I know. Like, the states have issues, but these athletes traveling back and forth and making contact at all times, just nothing. I don't know what to expect with that. But uh, anyway, there are no COVID updates, so no one's missing games. We have one week left in the regular season, so it looks like we are in that home stretch now as we head into October. Next week, quick programming note, we will definitely be discussing uh, we're going to make our playoff picks because I didn't realize this, Henry, the season actually ends on September 28th. So when we're on next will be the last day of the regular season. Yep, Last day of the regular season, last day for us to talk shit. Last, we should probably have a clear playoff picture by then. So Yeah, so we'll be making selections then. We're going to be talking about what could be those selections this week, of course. Um, let's get right into it. This might be our biggest section of the entire show, and that's injuries for the week. Uh, oh, there are many of them. And I just to, when you start hearing these injuries, these are just playoff teams. So something like Jacob deGrom going down, I didn't yeah. include because the Mets are not a playoff team. But that's obviously a big injury in baseball. Again. Um, so we start with the Yankees, of course, because they are the masters of injuries. And it's actually mostly good news. Aaron Judge returned this week. Giancarlo Stanton returned this week. Gio Rochella returned this week. Jonathan Loisaga returned this week. Everyone is healthy. James Paxson, who did not come back, is probably not coming back. I don't think he can get ramped up. He's not even eligible now since he was moved to the 45-day IL to come back uh, until, like, the second round of the playoffs, and he's not going to be ramped up. So I, you might get him in the bullpen. You're not going to get him as a starter. I think that's it. That's That wraps up his Yankee career right there. Yeah, I agree. I don't see him coming back. Of course, Domingo Herman, um, not an injury, but he has been suspended all year after the – domestic violence suspension he will not return this season that is official I had asked about it earlier in the week Aaron Boone talked about it I think yesterday uh, and said that he won't be able to get ramped up so they're just going to have him prepare for spring training important for the 2021 Yankees irrelevant for the 2020 Yankees the Astros they are a playoff team in case you haven't been keeping track almost by default so they're going to be that six seed in the AL because of the way that the seedings work um, but Justin Verlander is officially getting Tommy John, which now, and we'll get to this later in the show, 
not only is he out for 2020, he's out also for 2021 now. And there is a certain show, as I said earlier in the week, that totally saw all of this unfolding the exact way it did in March when he should have had Tommy John to begin with. Do you remember all that shit we took? Because uh, Verlander came out the next day saying, you know, all these reports yeah, were bullshitting. Just, just he was, a forearm. Yeah. All, all yeah. the fake rage, you know, him and Dusty. Oh, my God, the media is doing such a hard No, The media was reporting the obvious, and they were reporting the truth. Right. And this isn't the first time that's happened either with four, like it gets diagnosed as forearm strain. All you're doing is wasting. I think Sale, Chris Sale might have been the same thing. Yeah, Chris um, Sale and um, Severino, right? Or, Sevy. or Yeah, Sevy, yeah. you know, it was forearm strain, and we already knew what that meant. Right. Being Yankee fans, we are actually doctors now. And we can tell this sort of thing. And that's exactly what happened. And I got a few of those snarky, you're not a doctor. Well, I've seen enough baseball injuries in the last two years to know this. Life group medical school. <laughs> that's right yeah i can make it happen nationally accredited so justin verlander's out tommy john his career speaking of careers being over is definitely over in houston it may not be over in total but uh his contract runs through 2021 so very unlikely he throws a pitch again I, yeah, under I, this contract i i don't see i mean even if you if you're a team who wanted to pick him up what do you offer him how do you establish value you know a guy who's gonna be, be like 41 yeah, it's got to be like an incentive-laden one-year deal, maybe a second-year option based on incentives. That's all I can think of. Yeah, I, I, I can't see. And then, you know, will, will his ego let him take a deal that he's not making a lot of guaranteed money in, on maybe a shitty team? I just – this might be his career. The other thing about Verlander – and hello, Chris and Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Um, the other thing about Verlander is – he had a stretch of this before the Astros where he lost kind of velocity on that fastball and he wasn't the same pitcher. So now you're talking about he's in his late thirties when he comes back. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't explain how that happened, but he's in his thirties at late thirties when he comes back and it's very unlikely. I mean, Tommy John works sometimes better when you are younger. Like if you're in your early twenties and have it done, sometimes you come back and you throw harder, you know, with more velocity and you're, you're healthier not the case when you're in your late 30s. It's very unlikely Verlander comes back with the same velocity, which means he's probably not ever going to be the Verlander that we saw last year. Yeah, I was going to say, you can see that with young guys, you know, like a DeGrom, who, well, DeGrom had it early, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah guys who have it young, Severino having it young, you know, Noah, these, these guys are probably going to come back, pitch harder and, and pitch a little better. I don't see it happening with a 41-year-old. Yeah, I agree. Twins, Jake Odorizzi to the 10-day IL with a blister. I don't think that should keep him out long. He should be back for the playoffs. How, bla- how bad does a blister have to be that you need to go on the IL? I, the only one we can ask here is Josh Beckett. Because <laughs> he went on the IL like four times over it. Fucking blister, come on. It, uh, you know, I, I do think, though, as a pitcher, if you get it in a certain part of your hand, like that could suck. I mean, I, I get it, but, I mean, 10 days? Yeah, well, yeah, the 10 days is mandatory, but um, he'll be back this week, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, just, just in back, time to though. face us for the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> he'll get he'll get back to get rocked for sure. Um, Austin Meadows, probably not coming back. 10-day IL, that's an oblique. We also have a lot of yeah. experience with oblique. That's a six-week injury, yeah. and he just suffered it this week. I don't see him coming back at all. He's obviously out for the regular season. They haven't ruled him out for the playoffs, I don't think, but he will be out. No, uh, I, I think he's done, and I think they've realized that. And what they did was, you know, in credit to them, they called up their wonder kid, 
Wanda Franco. I have his card up there somewhere, but yeah, I they saw called, that. They called up Wanda Franco, and then you know, hopefully that'll be a shot in the arm for a team that really doesn't need it because Tampa Bay's been firing on all cylinders all season. Yeah, it's nice when you're the Rays. You just go into the lab and pull out the top prospect to replace whoever gets hurt. He's the top five guy in all of baseball. Yeah, I cracked up. E-Man Choi went on the IL. They immediately called up Nate Lau, and he had like three home runs in his first five games since getting called up. Um, We stayed over and over again. Also rehabbing with no timetable for either of their returns. We say it over and over. It's the best franchise in baseball. Yeah, pound for pound, I don't think it – you know, the Dodgers are obviously as well run as them, but they work with three times – four times the payroll. So, five times the payroll. Um, Oakland, this happened, I think, the beginning of last week, but Matt Chapman's out now for the entire season. He's not coming back. So, that's a big loss for Oakland, I think. This is a team that already doesn't have great history on their side as far as the postseason goes. Now they lost probably, if I had to guess, their clubhouse leader. I can't think there's anyone else leading that clubhouse. That hurts me, okay? That is my favorite third baseman in baseball. That is my Nolan Arenado killer, and and that one hurts. I hate to see Matt Chapman go Nolan Arenado, and now you don't have him. He is my Nolan Arenado killer. That's what I'm calling him from now on. He is the player that people think Nolan Arenado is. Yeah, well, luckily for you, Nolan Arenado is, what, in year one of seven of not making the playoffs with his new contract? So, yeah, Uh, that'll equal out. Those Uh, clips keep getting worse and worse. I'm loving it. (laughs) Jose Quintana. (laughs) I feel like we've been waiting on Quintana to return to the Cubs this entire season, but he is due back this week. Uh, I think this series, maybe, Monday through Wednesday, is coming back to pitch one of these other side of that, Tyler Chatwood, who has tried to come back a few times, uh, is now probably done for the year with another yeah. setback in his rehab. So gain one, lose one if you're the Cubs. Um, Sonny I think Gray the right is, one, though. Yeah, I agree. I'd take that trade off. Sonny Gray due back for the Reds this series. The Reds all of a sudden in a playoff spot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Gray, a big piece of their team. He should be back the beginning of this week which gives him uh i would say probably one or two starts before the playoffs yeah root for sunny gray i always have you got a raw deal here in new york and always been a good pitcher so 100 percent on larry for me uh jake arietta <laughs> speaking of larry speaking of joe Girardi, well the jake arietta <laughs> out for the regular season i didn't realize it's either Riss hoskins is out on the 10-day il and he might need tommy john so he's going to be yeah. out the rest of the season I'm like I said. I'm impressed with what the Phillies have done. I mean, they have just as many injuries as us. They have big injuries to some of their big guys, and they just keep finding ways to to win a game here, win a game there, stay relevant, stay in the playoff race. I mean, I wouldn't trade my the Yankee spot with the Phillies, but I will say I wish I had their manager. I wish yeah. I had their uh, their ability to rebuild the entire bullpen this deadline. Like the Yankees did nothing at the deadline. Phillies did everything they could. Yankees have a dumbass manager. Phillies have Girardi, their former manager. Those things I'm jealous of. Not the yeah. team as a whole though. Uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. You give if Girardi's managing these teams the last two seasons, we have a championship, I believe. Completely agree. Speaking of Phillies, Cole Hamels on the Braves now uh, came off the D- the IL, I think, for a start, and now he's back onto it. So I don't see him coming back either. Usually those things are bad when they're so close together. 
Um, the Braves hurting for pitching. We'll, we'll get to their situation, too. They could have really used, I think, Hamels coming back, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think they're right for the picking where they're at right now. I do, too. I cannot wait to get to that NL bracket because I have many choice words about many teams in the NL who do lots of the same things every single year. But before all that, let's get to one of the top sections of this show. That is the highlights of the week. Rob, are you back? Well, actually, Rob, before we do that, why don't you give us a game center real quick and then we'll get to the highlights. Sure, not, no, no problem at all. Um, right now, the Yankees are up one nothing against the Blue Jays. That's the bottom of the second. We've got the Phillies in Washington. That's, that's our up 2 nothing. That's in the third. Uh, we have the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians. Um, Indians are up 4 nothing. Um, just underway, the Red, Reds and the Brewers. Uh, also underway, the Pirates and the Cubs. And um, the Mets and the, and the Rays have just started. And also the Atlanta Braves and the Marlins. Let's go, Mets. I need, you out of, I need the Mets to pull one out. Let's go. Yeah, uh, bad start for the White Sox, too. They gave up three in the first. Jose Ramirez, by the way, has been red hot. And um, Yankees only up one nothing in the second. It's pretty upsetting when it's the Blue Jays. So yeah. that's, uh, those are my takeaways. Thank you, Rob. Now let's get into the highlights. Uh, and let's start out west. This is... Jimmy Yakabonis <laughs> pitching right here. You can go, Rob. This is Oakland, Seattle. There is a reason that Seattle is not better than Oakland's plays like this. <laughs> you notice there, uh, you, you can play that again, Rob. Um, this is Seattle. Two guys covering first base, and neither one can get the out because he beats it out. That cracks me up. So you don't see that too often. Two guys trying to cover first. The first baseman went back to first. Pitcher went to cover first. No one necessarily did anything wrong, but hilariously, they didn't get the out anyway. Yeah, so. I think we, we struggled putting this here or, or, in the, or Boone, uh, you know, Boone-headed highlights because uh, this was just, just – just, Boonhead. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but that's the Mariners. That is the Mariners franchise in a nutshell right there. Henry, what do you have? Yeah, you have my man Derek Fisher doing his best Miguel Andujar impersonation. <laughs> takes one, takes a good route to it, and just boots it. Drops oh. one. And if it if that wasn't worse, that run of scores, by the way. If it wasn't worse, here comes next inning. Does it again with runners in score position. My man was having a bad two innings. Like I said, looking like Miguel Andujar in the outfield. Get him out of there. I'm sure he was benched the next day. I love that, A, he's a former Astro. Makes me all the happier. And, B, that, that little, like, humping he does with the wall at the end of that second one, he was actually a little hurt after that, too. I have something to add on the Yacobonis um, um, clip. Yeah. After I after the game, he got DFA'd, just to let you know. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Derek Fisher did too. Yeah. What's good is that Derek Fisher got there and had time. At least the second one was on the run. The first one, he's just sitting there, he's waiting for it, and it just bloops out. Two hands, kids, two hands. The second one's a bad defensive play. The first one's just like you're you're a terrible athlete. Uh, this is a guy who's not a terrible athlete, though. Gio Urshela, we've been showing him more and more. It's not a political campaign to show you he's actually good at defense, despite what some metrics show. But mm -hmm. this is him going to his right, going to his left. Those are two plays in the same game. This is him later this week. And that's a, on a – I mean, that bounce alone is so hard to grab. And then he throws across the diamond and still gets the runner. So that's a trio I, of gems from Gio. That second pick where he was behind, that one is the one that was really, really impressive to me. And we said earlier, like a couple of weeks ago on this show, 
that is what Gio does like a couple times a month. He's now ramping up to like a handful of times a month where he Definitely. just it goes from foul territory, throws across the diamond, gets the runner. I haven't looked deep into his defensive metrics. I I mean, I'm just watching him in the eye test. I would assume he's getting better. So we'll see. I have to imagine, yeah. Here we have my man, Zach Plesak, with uh, one of the most beautiful things you'll see, which is the immaculate inning. For those who don't know, an immaculate inning is nine pitches and three strikeouts. And these things are just perfectly placed. His breaking ball had movement. His fastball was moving. They just couldn't touch him in this inning. He strikes out Nick Castellanos, Mickey Maltok, and Jose Iglesias. So we're not talking about bums here. I will say I find this intriguing. Five of... Five of those pitches were out of the zone. <laughs> yeah. They chased him. And that shows you when you got good movement, it looks like it's in the zone and then just drops. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like there's a certain former Yankee reliever who's had an immaculate inning, and I can't quite think of who that my player man. was. My man, you lucky I can't find it, but my man, Dylan Batances, baby. <laughs> yes, Dylan Batances. That's got to be the only one, like, this century the Yankees have had, I feel like. Yeah, and then the Mets. The Mets have ruined Dellen as well already. I knew yeah, well, happen. of course, that was bound to happen. Uh, here's a, a young pitcher, doesn't get much press. He's on the Orioles. Orioles, like, uh, for a hot second, were a playoff-caliber team. Now they have fallen completely apart. But this is John Means, one of their better pitchers. And this is him coming into the game. You've seen five strikeouts now. Here's a sixth. Here comes a seventh. And the reason we're showing you this is all of those came in a row. <laughs> so John Means strikes out seven in a row, which is an Orioles record. He strikes out 12 altogether, which is his career high. And I think the, the Orioles in that game altogether struck out 16, which ties a franchise record. So yeah. huge day of strikeouts led by Mr. Means. There. I like him and I like that young group. And, and this year they just decided to let the kids play and, and let them get that experience and credit to them. And we thought they were dead in the water for a few years and it looks like they got some talent coming up, so it's kudos perfect to them. season for a team like the Orioles to do exactly yep. what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have who I've been saying all year should be the rookie of the year. My man Kyle Lewis in the fire fog, robbing a grand slam off Ramon Laureano. Absolutely gorgeous play. And again, in the smoke, all, you know, all the, the fires going on in Cali. Just came, I don't know how that game wasn't postponed, by the way. Um, making that play in that situation is amazing. I like that he did the Dwayne Wise dance afterwards to celebrate, which ties us into uh, take that, Matt. Henry's got Kyle Lewis as rookie of the year. That's not going to make White Sox fans happy. <laughs> is what it is. He plays He plays hard, man. That, that kid is, is on fire. So to keep you watching, let's go to the next highlight. <laughs> it's the White Sox and Twins. This is Byron Buxton. He's going to hit it past Aloy and, and left there. And uh, Aloy's just going to stick up his hands. And Buxton's like, no one's calling anything. So Buxton just runs all the way around the bases because he can. He's that fast. It originally was an inside the park home run. There's a silver lining for the White Sox. They did end up reversing it into a double because the oh, ball. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, the ball was interfered with technically by staying under the wall, but it's just so funny. He's sitting there like doing everything he can, and the umps are like, "What do you like? What's happening here? It's fine." Yeah. What's crazy um, is that if he takes the, if he picks the ball up and throws it in, he holds him to a double anyway. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like an idiot, like, oh, I know. He like panicked. 
I guess, not not realizing what could have happened there. I think, though, no, I feel like they're coached to do that, though. Is the well, second whole stock, look, like, make a if, big If game. you play in Chicago, in Wrigley, where there's the Ivy, and you have little quirky stadiums like that, the ball was just under there. He literally went over and just tapped it and pulled it out, you know. Yeah. That yeah. was dumb. Doesn't take much, but that was uh, <laughs> that was our what could have been with a home run. It was not, but we have more for that later. Yeah, here we have uh, a man, J.D. Davis, just just beautiful. <laughs> J.D. Davis, for a guy that's bad defensively at other positions, he seems to be settling well at third base. I think third base might be his best position. And he makes a lot of good plays. He had to play early in the week, a barehanded play too, but that was beautiful, man. That was a great attempt. I, I, I honor, but just that attempt is fantastic. Look, the guy's comfortable at third. Let him play third and call it a day. Stop yeah. moving guys around. Well, we've seen J.D. at what, three positions this year now? Yeah, left field, uh, right field, I believe. Did he third play? Base. Yeah. He looks like shit in the outfield. Oh, he's a terrible outfielder. He yeah, I like agree with you. I think third might be his best position, like, not just because of that failed field. out, but those, yeah. you know, he's he's got the agility for it, I think. Yeah, just let the kid play, man. Let's go to our next one. Speaking of the Cubs now, this is a 5-5 game in the ninth. And you got runners in the corners here. He's going to hit a batter to load the bases. This is, Cubs are the home team, remember? Bottom of the ninth tie game. <laughs> and then the next batter of the bases loaded also gets hit. And there it is. That's the game. A walk-off hit by pitch. It was back-to-back hit by pitches to end this game. That is embarrassing if you're a Whitgren for the Indians. Cubs win to walk off. They've had a little bit of this pixie dust all year round, covering up for a lot of their mistakes. The World Series rematch, I, I don't think the Cubs are, are real. I, I keep saying it all season, but to their credit, they're there. Yeah, they're there. They're, they're winning, and, and no matter what, you know, I think, or any dog city host games, they're there, and that's all that counts. I, you know what I did find funny in that clip is the, the first batter that got hit looked pissed off because it looked like he thought it was on purpose, which clearly in that situation, it's not on purpose. Yeah, he's like, idiot. wait a minute, I suck, watch this. Yeah, he's like, no, I didn't do it on purpose, watch this. Uh, we'll get to the, the bracket later as far as what it looks like right now, but the Cubs are pretty much going to have to make the World Series for me to give them any credit whatsoever. So yeah. we, will, we will see. We'll talk about that more later. If you're looking for more credit from me besides the fact, yes, you are the best in the NL Central and all of the other NL Central teams have been awful, um, you're not going to get it from me. So anyway, yeah. let's go to our next highlight. Here, this is our final highlight. Gary Sanchez tying the game in Fenway with an absolute laser shot. This, what I feel like is the fifth time this season I've said, here's a hit that can get him off the schneid and get him going. And I, I don't know what's up with Gary this year, man. I keep defending him. Again, he's still second most home runs and catcher. So for, for all his flaws, you, you get the power. You just don't get that kind of power from that position. And and that was it's, one of those hits. Like I said, okay, this could be the hit. This could be the hit. But I've said that five or six times this year. So who knows with Gary? To a little bit to your credit, he did get hot for like that series. No, no, uh, definitely. And then he just looks lost again. Yeah. And he, yeah. So that, that home run did tied it two out to ninth. The Yankees would win that game in 12, like a five-hour game, even with the extra inning rules yeah. between the Yankees and Red Sox. Of course, they had to start that game at 7.30, adding insult to injury, so it ended at, like, you know, 12.30. Um, 
But yeah, so I, Gary, I mean, I, I was done with him last year. I'm definitely done with him this year. I don't care if he was on pace for it's it's hard, whatever, man, because you don't you you don't get that kind of power from the position. Like I that. know, but give me a guy who could play defense and put the ball in play. We've got plenty of guys who have that kind of power at other positions. I get it, but we'll see what what Cashman does. Yeah, we uh, we will have to see what he does there. So those are your highlights for the week. Um, now we get to an interesting part of the season, right? As we talk about Major League Baseball here, uh, and we'll start this off by saying Ron Gardenhire, great baseball guy, retired abruptly somewhat, but I guess he's getting yeah, sick. very abruptly. Yeah, I think he's getting sick, and COVID probably scared him into the rest of it. By the way, we were very excited. Penelope Melicio is uh, – enjoying and watching the show Felipe is wow we get him every newborn. we get him like every three shows so yeah this is exciting um and he's here just in time for us to talk about Ron Gardenhire retiring which uh yeah so Ron Gardenhire Tigers manager AL Central tie-in retires uh somewhat abruptly the speculation is that his health is decreasing or he's sick or whatever the case may be and COVID obviously will make you want to go into a quarantine over that uh, regardless, though, he had a career. <laughs> I yeah. guess that's the way I can say it. Um, I don't want to say he had a great career because I, I saw his overall record. I was like, what the hell is this? Why, why is everyone so excited about him? It, it, it's that thing. He coached a lot of young teams. So, I mean, I, I get it. But yeah. It's that thing. You see a guy in baseball so long, and he's been in baseball so long, you know, you, you kind of just give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not a bad manager, but he's managed a lot of bad teams, if that makes any sense. He is. He's very much a Buck Showalter type, except Buck Showalter actually stays with teams until they're like World Series caliber, and then he leaves. Whereas Ron Gardner stays with the young oh, teams. They're I terrible, mean, and then they kind of stay terrible for a while afterwards. But Buck can't win the big one, so. No, you know. they, they both can't do that. Um, Gardner to me is your ideal bench coach to a young manager. Like if the I Yankees agree. had a garden hire bench coach, th- perfectly that's agree with role. you. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. I was going to say he can fill that Dom Zimmer role. That was exactly yes. where I was going to go with that. Because this guy's seen every scenario baseball's ever had at this point. Like he's, he's a wealth of baseball knowledge. To me, this is one of those things, too, like he, he managed in the Central, and I feel like Central fans, AL or NL, are just – they're very much like Midwesterners where they're just like, oh, shucks, like what a great career. And, like, no one's ever really critical of anyone when you're in the Midwest. So that's what Ron Gardner is. Of course, he is still, like, one of my favorite managers of all time because he managed the Twins for so long, and every single time they came to the playoffs, the Yankees destroyed them every time without fail. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to happen this year, too. <laughs> yeah, like his ghost <laughs> is going to be with Rocco Baldelli. They're both going to be there, which, by the way, short tangent here. I had made that post like an hour ago with the um, – if you had to name the autobiography for your manager, what uh-huh. would it be named? And then I invited everyone to do Aaron Boone as well in case you couldn't come up with your own, and it just exploded – but one of them that cracked me up was uh, listing all four Twins managers this century and just being like, fuck you, to the Yankees. I completely missed that post. Yeah, it's there. It's I good. In it fact, there. Rob, if you want to go through that on occasion throughout the show and find some of the funnier ones, we can share them. There's some pretty good ones in there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that one cracked me up. That was one of the ones as a spoiler. 
And taking over for Garden High real quick is Lloyd McClendon, who he managed some of the worst teams in baseball. He managed the shitty-ass Pirates. Um, he managed the Mariners, which I guess anyone who manages the Mariners suck. But Yeah, by default. Yeah, I mean, knowing the Twins, they'll go ahead and – I mean, the Detroit Tigers, they'll go ahead and make him the manager um, next year and just give him a contract. That's what I expect. So we'll see. Yeah, teams love giving really old guys contracts when there's young players. I don't know what the correlation is necessarily. I maybe they're just. Lloyd McClendon is not that old though. Lloyd McClendon's got to be in like his late fifties. Is he? Yeah, he's got to be like in his late. 50s. I don't think he's that old. Oh. Yeah. Give me. I I figured he was in his seventies and just looked in his fifties. No, no, no. When you manage Pittsburgh and Seattle, it'll. You know. <laughs> That'll age you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Gardenhire retired. That's enough of the Tigers and Ron Gardenhire. Um, the rest of this, I mean, really is the, the playoff picture has started to come into some clarity here. Dodgers, Yankees, Rays, White Sox, Twins, and A's all clinched the playoff spot this week. Uh, Yankees actually clinching it the only game they lost this week. <laughs> they mm-hmm. lose 10-2 to the, to the Red Sox. Um, the only game the, the Red Sox will beat the Yankees this year. And, uh, and they clinch anyway because the Mariners lost. So yeah. all of those teams have clinched. Now, on the AL side, you can see here, Henry, uh, and you see all, all the teams that clinch. I don't see anyone catching the Blue Jays, so I think what you're looking at are all eight AL teams. The only question is the order, and order could be right now the one, two, and three still up for grabs. Uh, any of them, Oakland, Tampa, or Chicago, or really Minnesota, can all get somewhere between one and three. Um Right now, Yankees lined up for the Twins, just how I like it. And the Twins a half game ahead for home field advantage. So that's your four or five. Astros are locked into the six. There's not really anything that could possibly happen that's going to change that. And the Indians could fall into the four or five, but they're pretty far behind now. They're probably settled into that seven. And because of all of this, the Blue Jays are pretty much settled into the eight. So I think your six, seven, eight are pretty much set. Um, really the four and five could flip flop, but they're probably staying there unless the twins can catch the white Sox, which we can talk about that too. But that's, those are, that's the AL side. Do you think anyone else who's not on that AL side can make the playoffs or do you have any? I think, I think these are the eight teams. I think four and five will flip, but I think, I these, I think what you see on the AL side is what the matchups will be. The one thing I would say is, and I'm not really basing this just to knock on the twins though. It's an added bonus. Uh, the Yankees have the Blue Jays, who should, they just scored 43 runs in three games against, again, for four games. And then they have the Marlins end the year. Um, so just just based on that, I think the Yankees will end up with the four seed. I don't think they'll catch the Rays, uh, nor do I really think that they need to. It doesn't change much. I'm no, just I- as confident against the Twins at Yankee Stadium as I am against the Blue Jays. Yeah, what what sucks here is that 2-7 that matchup um... – I can see Cleveland's pitching shutting down Chicago's offense. Yeah. And I really want to see Chicago go far in the playoffs. They're just too fun not to, man. Completely agree. They have the kiss of death in my mind in this bracket. Um, And really it's a little upsetting because my perfect world was the White Sox getting the one seed because then I'm very confident they can advance because the Blue Jays do not have good pitching. And then it would have been the Rays having the two seed, so they would be forced to face the Indians rotation. And then Oakland and, and Houston is great because Oakland dominates Houston. That was like my dream scenario. And then the Yankees getting the four so they can knock out the Twins at Yankee Stadium instead of Minnesota. 
Um, that was like my dream bracket for the AL. Still could happen, but right now that's not the case. I agree with you, though. I don't, the Indians are the one team, five through eight, I do not want to face in the first round. I, just I, based on a three-game series, and you've got Shane Bieber guaranteed to pitch one of them, and then you've got Carrasco or whoever you want pitching those other games. It's a bad spot to be in. No, Cleveland, Cleveland can pitch with anybody in the league right now. They're and seven got playoff experience. They're, they're seven. They got one of the better managers we've seen in our lifetime managing them. I don't want to see them. I'd keep their asses away from me. Give me a team like the White Sox that can out that can slug with us. I don't want to see a team with pitching. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I am taking the W on Lloyd McClendon being old. 61 is old for me. That's not old. I <laughs> said late 50s. That was closer than you were. You said 70. <laughs> I said I assumed he was 70, but I did think he's old, and I think 61 is still old. Um, anyway, no so. No 61-year-olds in the group. Take that, everyone. Um, But, yeah, so uh, the thing that makes me mad about the AL side of things is that they don't reseed. That makes me extremely upset because I was really looking forward to beating the Twins and then the Indians upsetting whoever the two was and then getting to play uh, not the one seed. (laughs) But now it looks like the Yankees would definitely have to face the Rays in that second round. So, assuming, obviously, that the Yankees and Rays win the first round. I would still rather face the Rays than the Indians. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to – my point is that you wouldn't have to face the Indians until the ALCS. The ALCS yeah. Yeah. Um, you would get probably Oakland or the White Sox, which I'd feel a lot better than the Rays. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, me, so anyway, give me, that's – Give me Oakland. Give me Minnesota. We, we own them. I know one year has nothing to do with the previous year, but – we seem to have uh, – we have their numbers, both of them. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees have earned it against the Twins at this point. Yes, I. this is not a jinx situation. Like, obviously, the Twins, it's humanly pos- – physically possible for them to beat the Yankees, especially in a fluky best of three with no fans. Like, definitely the Twins can beat the Yankees. But until it happens, there is no rational reason to ever believe it's going to happen. Because it's happened so many times at this point that it's just silly. You're just picking it just for the shock value if you pick the Twins. It's that thing. Like, you're like, okay, you know, the, the, the numbers say it has to happen eventually, you know. Right. It, and it the will, law of sure. averages, The law of averages say at some point they have to beat the Yankees yes. in a playoff series facing them so many times. So it, it's got to happen eventually, right? Sure. One day. But I until just don't does, know if this is the situation where I'd be like, it's definitely going to – like a one-game playoff, sure. Like a few years ago, was I a little nervous in the one-game playoff? Yeah, it's a one-game playoff. Like anything can happen. The, uh, the funny part is they'll, they'll beat the Yankees whenever they do beat the Yankees, and then they'll get their ass kicked, but beating the Yankees will be their World Series. Oh, yeah, I'll hear about it for the rest of my life that they beat the Yankees in the ALDS or whenever it comes. But, um, yeah, I, so I don't know. We'll see, see. Sean, we, we, we were going to have Sean. We were going to ask Sean to be on the guest for our playoff show. Now Sean just shot himself in the foot with that comment. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, c- come on, Sean. Stop that. Um, anyway, yeah, A-Rod's quote was yeah. that the Twins beat the Yankees. They don't play the Yankees. Uh, so anyway, Twins and Yankees are seem like they're on a collision course for that four or five seed. Yankees, by the way, coming off a 10-game winning streak. I don't know if you missed that the many times I mentioned it throughout the week, but uh, that's what happened. So they're right back in the thick of things. 
Um, and that 20-game stretch where they went like 5-15 and 15 looks like it was a nightmare. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Rob, can you bring up that graph again? We'll get to the NL side. And playoffs, uh, you know, coming into picture a little bit too. But the one interesting thing about the NL is that there's not there are nine teams still who can make the playoffs, which is different from the AL in my mind. So the Giants, Reds, Phillies, Marlins, and Cardinals are all fighting for four spots. That's five teams fighting for four spots. If you look at the way the standings work, that's what's happening. Right now the Marlins are the five, which is hilarious, but they could very well also miss the playoffs. If you look at the standings, uh, the Cardinals are absolute dog shit, but they are second right now in the Central, so they automatically get the six, similar to the Astros in the West and the AL. The Cubs uh, would be facing the Phillies, who are just slightly worse than the Cardinals. And then you've got this eight seed right now, which is the Reds right now, but the Giants are still in contention. So, Chris, yeah, the, there you go. You could make the playoffs. Tough spot for the Giants the rest of the year as far as their schedule goes. But if you look at the NL standings right now, the Reds are at 500 and the Giants are also at 500, but they've played two less games. So I, I think this is going to be completely different. Do you, what do you what do you see happening? Or I see the Cardinals falling completely out of contention. I see Milwaukee taking a playoff spot. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I forgot about Milwaukee too. Yeah, I see Cincinnati moving up um, to the sixth spot. There's a, I, I see a lot going here that that's just not going to finish. And whoever plays the Braves in the first round will beat the Braves. Let me put that out there. Yes, so that's a guarantee. I will guarantee that. That and the Twins are the two things I guarantee every single postseason. Braves lose in the first round, Twins lose to the Yankees. Those are like, that's like, it's like the 16 seeds in college basketball. I like, they're I like going the to lose. I like the Phillies, even if they're, they're the seventh seed now. I don't think they'll end this in the seventh. I like the Phillies. I've been high on them all season. You know, they've been treading water. They're fighting a lot of injuries, but... George Girardi has a ton of playoff experience with a ton of former Yankees with a lot of playoff experience and big games in a small ballpark. So I'll take those guys. So this is what I mean by the bracket for the Cubs. I like, I'm not giving them any sort of credit if they beat the Phillies and then beat the winner of the Braves Cardinals. That to me, these are four mediocre teams with the Cubs looking the best out of all four. And one of them is going to go to the NLCS because we don't reseed apparently in baseball, which would have made this, by the way, way more entertaining if there was reseeding. So now you've got the upper side, which, by the way, not that I think it's going to happen, but the Reds, I said this in the beginning of the season, I'm going to say it again. They may be 500. They may have been disappointing all year. They're a scary playoff team for the same reason the Indians are, that Louis Castillo and Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer could steal a series. And, and they're going to be pitching all three of those games against the Dodgers. Yes and no. I can see them upsetting anyone here except the Dodgers. That's my problem with it is that, yes, <laughs> I, I don't, they're the one team that I won't go ahead and pick that sleeper pick that the Reds beat the Dodgers. But if the Reds somehow got into a seven seed, they problem. could go to the NLCS and play the Dodgers based I on how want, this bracket works. I want the Reds to get the seven spot and face the Cubs. Yeah, that is, yes, that is my goal here. Because if the Reds then take out the Cubs, like I am, per, I feel perfectly validated. Even though the Cubs made the playoffs, this is what I'm going to do. 
if that's the see if that's the the matchup, I'm going to infiltrate every Cincinnati Red fan group and just <laughs> do a big ass, just invite everybody to our group. <laughs> I'm very disappointed because Bruce Richardson is in our group. I think that's his – yes, that's his name. He invited, like, 15 Reds fans in one day, and I haven't heard a peep from any of them. And they're like, right now, look, you're in the playoffs right now, Reds fans. I know it's been a disappointing year. You haven't been great. You're 500. But still, like, that's the way this works with 16 teams. You can be mediocre, and then it's a whole new season in the playoffs. So I would love to hear from Reds fans going forward, be a little more vocal, especially if you're going to get a series with the Cubs because it's an absolutely winnable series. In fact, every single series here is winnable except the Dodgers. So just get out of the eight seed, please. The Central has one, two, three, 500 ball clubs fighting for spots. So somebody's not going to make it, and I, I think the team that's going to be sitting out is going to be the uh, Cards. Okay. Yeah. We have Felipe talking shit that you're sending three teams to the playoffs. Every division's guaranteed two teams and the yeah. third team is 500. So that is the definition of mediocre. The NL central is extremely mediocre because Absolutely. they have three teams that are basically 500 and that's not even the division leader. So yes, you are, you are by definition mediocre by sending three teams in not terrible, just mediocre. Right so, now, put it like this. If those teams were in the AL East, none of them would be in second place. Yeah, right. That's the other caveat here. Is I, no, I take that back. I take that back. I'm looking at the standings. None of them would be in third place. The third place team in the AL East is 27 and 26. So they wouldn't right. even be in third place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Now, the, Mar- the Marlins, interesting. I, uh, Marlins will get swept by the podcast. But, but, but you play who's on the schedule. That's something I will always say. Your schedule, sure. your schedule is, and, and your job is to beat the people on your schedule. So the, the Cubs have maximized that. The best, probably the best of any team in baseball, is they've beaten the teams they have to beat. And that's it. And the, the White Sox really have too. Um, those yeah. Chicago teams have beaten up on terrible teams, but to their credit, they beat up on terrible teams. It's part of the game. Yeah, but one of them is actually fun to watch. Yeah, right. And it's not the Cubs with everyone hitting 200. We have to defend Chris Bryant with the defense that other people on the Cubs suck more. Like, I don't know how that's – like, Chris Bryant sucks this year. There's no getting around it. He's been terrible. But you have to use the defense while Baez also sucks and Schorber also sucks and whoever else. Like, that's not an excuse. It doesn't change it. That's you know the what? They're looking for a reason to get out on Bryant. So, I mean, it's almost guaranteed he won't be signing there. So, it's been a bad marriage from the start. And I don't even, by the way, Nick Bosa torn ACL. Really shouldn't announce that on baseball life. Ooh. But it is, Nick, yeah, Bosa's got a torn ACL yeah, yeah. for the year. I, I knew that. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> we lost two ACLs for our football teams this week. Um, but, yeah, so, it, you know, that bottom half of the NL bracket right now is a complete shit show. I really hope, like you said, it it's completely different so we don't have terrible matchups like this. Marlins are going to get destroyed by the Padres. I don't think there's much they can do unless they actually, I guess, go backwards and get into that shit part of the bracket. Unless um, the Marlins can get the sixth seed and they'd be the team that upset the Braves. That'd be fun. <laughs> they've never lost a playoff series. That would, so, be, fun. That would you know, be fun. But, I mean, just like 
to be the Marlins and have to beat the Padres and probably the Dodgers when you've got a team like the uh, Cardinals, for example, are one seed worse and they could beat the Braves and Cubs. That I mean, this is ridiculous, MLB. How are you not reseeding? It's the only thing that makes any sort of sense. Well, let, let's hope the Marlins get the sixth seed and that won't be an issue. Yeah. I'm rooting for chaos in the NL. AL, like I said, pretty sewn up. Only thing I'd like to see is that the Yankees and Twins flip. So the Yankees have home field advantage, which for them I feel like matters more because they hit a lot of home runs to right field. Um, and then, of course, after that, there is no home field advantage because we're going to California and Texas. All right, let's get rid of this graphic. People want to see us, not this schedule. Yeah, way more pretty. Okay, so there you go. Those, that was your conversation there. We'll see what happens next week. Next week on the show, we will actually choose winners from the basically finalized brackets i'm sure there could be stuff that happens that night but we're going to pretty much know what the playoff brackets look like and we'll plan accordingly if we don't let's uh let's get into our boonheaded here there wasn't a whole lot going on because the yankees won 10 in a row so that eliminated aaron boone from contention for the most well, part he still made some questionable decisions but we, we left it alone and some of the guys that we put in our highlight section could have been in the boonheaded section so you know we wanted to spread the love here yeah, there's a few boonheaded plays that you'll see later on, but for now, we are going to um, we're going to get to someone else, and that's someone else we mentioned earlier. That is Justin Verlander. He's our boonheaded player of the week. Why? Because I'm a hundred percent convinced it was pride that kept him from getting TJ in March when he could have had it, and then mm-hmm. he'd be talking about a second half comeback. Maybe he can pitch well enough to get another contract. He could pitch for the Astros maybe down the stretch if they're a playoff team in that last year of Astros hurrah because in 2022, that team's getting blown up. Granke's gone. Asuna's gone. Uh, Verlander's gone. Springer's gone. So, I mean, that team, Altuve apparently is 90 years old now, according to Astros fans. That's why he's struggling is he's 30. He's 31. So, that team's getting blown up after 2021. Uh, What was that last part you said? Rewind that 10 seconds ago. What was that last part you said? Altuve is terrible. Yeah. The worst season of his career. Does that sound right? One of my predictions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You said it would be the worst year of his career, and it's not even debatably close. I said it would be the worst season of his career, and everyone said I'm fucking crazy. Everyone said I'm You're you're a hater. You're a homer. I got all this hate. Suck it, bitches, on him and Arenado. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Yep. And Felipe, if you're looking for an argument from me, the AL East is also mediocre after the top two teams. I'm not debating that. Jays, Orioles, and uh, Reds. Well, Red Sox are downright terrible, but Jays and Orioles are perfectly mediocre, just like the NL Central. You just keep making my points for me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no debate for me on that. So now there we, we go. Get, there, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Kate knows what's up. Kate that knows was her what's up. As a Yankee fan, celebrating Justin Verlander is going to be home for a while, spending some time at home for the next two years because he had too much pride to get his surgery earlier. Called Watching it a the Yankee. I love it. Good job, Rob. Yeah, just cracks me up that he – I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but what were you thinking here? Trying to rehab. You have a setback in rehab. He tries to rehab again. Oh. Then he goes to simulated games, and then oh, my elbow hurts again. Like, what did you expect? He never age, healed. He should have just had it right away and, and you yes. know, start that rehab process. It was just foolish. At your age, that is what should have happened. So, anyway, um, 
What are we getting Astros defense here too? No, we're not. Yeah, Granky is still pitching well, but his contract's up after next year. That Astros seem to be bad in 2022. I've said that now since 2019. So but they were going to be bad this year, remember? Yeah, yeah, and they are mediocre, just like the NL Central. And if uh, we had a regular, if we had a full-blown 82, uh, 162 game season, the Astros would be terrible. We wouldn't be in out of the expanded playoff. They wouldn't be in the playoffs either. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind, too. And they wouldn't be close to the playoffs, either. They'd be terrible. Terrible. Yeah. So they they lucked out somehow. Let's get to our donks. Now, this was a pro- – I've said it all week twice now. This is the third time. This was a prolific week for yeah. dongs. Uh, there are a lot that we're going to show you, a record amount. This, however – was not one of them, but it was still cool. So let's get to that. This is Byron Buxton again. You may remember him from such highlights as the Inside the Park home run, Eloy, that wasn't. Well, this is an Inside the Park home run of Luis Robert that was. (laughs) So he ends up getting one anyway. That's a legitimate one. Dane Dunning, the victim there with, uh, I mean, those white side, I know he's a good defender usually that was not a great defensive play that was a little over aggressive it's well how he plays he plays with aggressiveness but he ate yeah. that ball, bro. yeah that that was bad so anyway byron buxton did get his inside the park home run after all yep what do you have for okay, us we have everyone's poster boy that we love to hate george springer future free agent he's he's here getting inside the park home run which by the way this home run here is the 2,000th home run hit by the Astros at Minute Maid Park. Springer still got wheels at 30 years old, and he just gets under the slide there, and he's good. He's good money. He's going to be a free agent. He should cash out, you know. And uh, my feeling is he'll end up on the Mets. They, I they like I like the Mets speculation. Yeah, I, that I makes think, perfect I think sense. Ends up on the Mets. I think, uh, I think JT Ramuto ends up on the Mets. And yeah, well, maybe even Trevor Bauer. I think Steve Cohen's gonna flash his wallet and just say "fuck you" to everyone and make a big splash out the gate. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm getting a, an argument in the comments. I am not saying anything about the NL West. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. The Padres and Dodgers are the two best teams in that league, and it's not close. Yeah, we didn't talk about the NL West. We were talking about the NL Central. Yeah, now the Giants are mediocre, just like the NL Central. Just look at the standings. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the other caveat to that, by the way, is that the, like the AL Central is good, but they have two really, really bad teams. So if you look at the Cubs' the way, schedule, they just haven't it, played that much. And the Giants could sneak in. I mean, they're 500, 26 and 26. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Giants should have been bad, and they've played – Decent. <laughs> like that's gonna, overachieving. I, I thought they were going to be sellers. I still thought they should have sold in order to acquire assets for the future. Yeah, for sure. You, know, you end up as the nine seed. You're not really proving anything if you're the I, Giants. If they end up in the eight seed, it's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, that's a that's a series I'm rooting for too, and not just because Chris is like our favorite person. Uh, I want Giants Dodgers in a best of three. I mean, anything can happen. That's going to be ugly, and the Dodger fans are going to talk a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that don't don't let them fool you. That would scare them. That that's not a series Dodgers fans want. I don't know. I think they would love that. They play them tough all the time. I get it, but that, that this version of the Dodgers—they're just juggernauts, man. 
I agree with that too. It would probably play out like 2018 Red Sox Yankees. <laughs> like I think it'd be close games. The better team would prevail. Um, but there's a wide gap between 2018 Yankees and Red Sox and 2018 Dodger or 2020 Dodgers and Giants. So yeah, if the, uh, if the Giants want a shot. They got to sneak into seven and hope they can upset the Cubs. But yeah. Where else? Where were we? We were at. Uh, okay, you're up. Yeah. So here we go. So uh, yeah, George Springer on the Mets, perfect sense, especially if he doesn't actually know how to hit without being told how to, because he's not having a great year either. So let's uh, let's go to our next one here. Sticking with the central man, a lot of central tonight. This is Josh Donaldson. Now that was called a strike, and we kind of agree with Josh Donaldson. That was not a strike. Well, here's the next pitch. <laughs> that is Josh Donaldson getting a home run, maker of rain, rounding the bases. So there he is. Now he's feeling himself right off Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, Donaldson's going to end up rounding the bases. He apparently runs really slow. I'm kind of shocked by that. Um, and here he is. He's going to score. So this put the Twins up 3-2 on the White Sox. You see a pretty dinky home run, but whatever. We'll give it to him. And then he gets ejected as soon as he uh, he goes back to touch home plate, rubs some dirt on home plate to show up the umpire. We assume ump throws him out, and he didn't really even give a shit there. It didn't, yeah, didn't look like he cared at all about being ejected. I, I think what he was doing with his foot is where he was marking where the pitch was, like saying this is where the shit was, and then the umpire yeah, could be. Fuck you, clean the plate. Yes, could be. One final thought, because I love that the comment section staying engaged. Uh, you're right, Felipe. They probably will make the NLCS, and like I said, it still won't impress me. But uh, you're right. Hey, NLCS is NLCS. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm just a lonely reporter over here. So, so here yeah, we have. What do you have for us here? Sticking with the central. Yeah, AL MVP candidate, my man Jose Abreu, just going absolutely off. It's a beautiful, beautiful shot here. Clears the fence. That gives him 53 RBIs on a season, 72 hits, both American League leading, and his American League leading 1.032 OPS. Uh, he's just having a hell of a season, man. Like I said, he's in the uh, MVP discussions, as he should be. He's just absolutely mashing the ball. And that's that thing I was talking about early in the year where the White Sox have a good balance of veterans with that young talent, and they're just meshing well, man. That would uh, that would have been caught by Kyle Lewis, by the way. But um, but it wasn't enough smoke. Yeah. So, uh, but no, but Jose Abreu is having a fantastic season, and it, it's yes, the veteran. That's what the Astros did too when they extended Altuve long term. Was they want that veteran to kind of shepherd in the new guys? That's what Jose Abreu's done, and he's still productive doing it. So that's really worked out well for them. Oh, by the way, I just we're talking about the White Sox. I don't want to hear. It anybody talk about tim anderson that dude <laughs> why is that for everything that he gives you on offense he takes it away on defense mlb's new stat cast stat outs above average has tim anderson mind you there's only 30 teams in the game yeah he is ranked number 39 in all of shortstops with negative three outs above average i don't want to hear shit about tim anderson that's, uh, to quote Joe Girardi, mm. it's not what you want. No. Yeah, that's bad. Let's get to, speaking of the aforementioned young guys, this is a Dodgers young guy, Gavin Lux. He has the name of a superhero and he has the swing of an athlete. That is going to go a really far distance, 458 feet 
and it looks like it made that middle deck just short of the upper deck. That is a dong if I've ever seen one. Dodgers <laughs> just piss excellence, and that's an example of it right there. Gavin Lux, 458 feet. Pretty, pretty, pretty swing. Yeah, I like that swing better than Bellinger. I've always said Bellinger. Uh, I, I, I was shocked he became an MVP caliber player because his swing is so long and ugly. That's a beautiful swing. I got no problems with that one. Absolutely. What we got next, Rob? Here we got Brandon Nemo just single-handedly making Philly his bitch this game. <laughs> it's an absolute bomb to right field, second deck. Right field that actually ties that actually that's the go ahead home run. I'm sorry. Earlier in that game in the sixth inning, he had a triple to tie it. So, like I said, Brandon Nimmo was just owning Philly in this game. That's a I don't know what it is about the Phillies ballpark, Citizens Bank, but home runs there are so pretty <laughs> to watch. I don't know if it's the Liberty Bell out there, um, the little silhouette of it or what, but I love watching home runs that get hit in Philly. Uh, and that was a really nice one to watch. Let's get to our next one. We're going to go back to Chicago, man. Hey, if they're going to keep being fun every week, we're going to keep featuring them. This is the White Sox, and they've done this once already this season, going back to back. Grandal, by the way, involved in both of these. To back. <laughs> Three home runs in a row. They greeted the Reds rudely in this game. Um, and this was – that put them up 5 nothing. So three home runs in a row. It's the second time this season the White Sox have done that, although this time it was not all un-American players doing it, as it was last time when they set the record for that. So there you go. What do you have for us next, Henry? Excited for this one. The man, Jose Alberto Pujols, breaking Willie Mays and moving to what, uh, fifth all-time with a shot there that's 661 he is one of four players that have 3,000 hits 600 home runs the other two the other three being A-Rod Willie Mays and Hank Aaron he is officially solidified the second greatest first baseman of all time that home run when he when he passed Willie Mays 662 Mm -hmm. uh, or the the middle one of that highlight exactly like the Mark McGuire 70 home or 60 second home run. <laughs> it's like the exact same home run. We're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month in, in the baseball group. Um, he is the cover right now, and, and he's just had one hell of a season. He's the greatest player I've seen play with my own eyes. Um, it's been an amazing thing to watch him play. You know my story of, of almost catching a foul ball of his as I traveled to watch him play at different stadiums. I absolutely adore Pujols. He's aging the way he's supposed to age. And I don't know if he'll hit 700, but, you know, I think he's had a hell of a career. He's already fifth all time. And, and he's, you know, 3,600 club is a very exclusive company. Yeah, I don't think he will reach 700. But, uh, hey, passing Mays, especially when you consider we know as a fact two of the guys ahead of him uh, used performance enhancers, it's a, it's a hell of a feat. Well, um, he also did it in less games than Mays which when you account for Pujols' injuries is pretty that's impressive. impressive. Yeah, Pujols has always been healthy. He's had that foot problem. Uh, I, funny you mentioned that about Pujols' foul ball. I caught The only foul ball I've ever caught uh, at a professional game was a Marlins-Cardinals spring training game back when Pujols was on the Cardinals, and it was the batter after Pujols. <laughs> I, can't, wow. I can't remember who it was. Hit a foul ball to me. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, Albert Pujols, fantastic crew. Look, I uh, I own up to it. I chose him not to break that record this year. I didn't do it because I don't like Albert Pujols or don't respect his career. I said it because I looked at his home runs per at-bat last year, and I considered his age, and I considered that he would just be a DH. Now, I said this before the universal DH part was thrown in. I'll add that in there. But I didn't know if he would have enough at-bats and stay healthy long enough to do it this season. He proved me wrong, and now he's he has more than passed that record with an extra one. So good for yeah. him. I mean, he's, um, he's at the, the end of his career. He's, you know, getting what he can get. You know, you hate to see guys, you know, look like this at the end, but you get it, and it's part of the game. And I'd rather see a guy age the way he's supposed to age than sit there and be some artificial monster at 40, 41 years old, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, Absolutely. So that's the Pujols one, and now you are you guys are just going to love the rest of these home runs, I promise you. So <laughs> let's get to our next one, Rob. Um, this is Kyle Higashioki, the Yankees' backup catcher, uh, and he had the game of his life <laughs> against the Blue Jays. This was the aforementioned series. The Yankees put up 43 runs, and this was Hagee, as we affectionately call him, hitting three home runs in a game as a backup catcher. So they gave Sanchez the day off, and Higgy hits three home runs. Career game for him. Yankees would win this one, I think, 13-2. to two. That wasn't even the worst of the losses the Jays took in this series. But we're happy to show you even, even more embarrassing things here. So, Henry, why don't you give us our next highlight? The next one here we have is – where we go? Rob, where is it? Coming up, coming up, coming up. Here we go. Uh, here, here since the it was the Yankees week, you know, 10 in a row, why not go back to the Yankees? Yeah, well, hey, this is even more impressive than the backup catcher yeah. with three home runs. This the Yankees just went bananas and they went back to back to back. Then they hit two more. They hit five home runs in one inning. They are the seventh franchise to ever do it. The Nat, actually the sixth franchise because the Giants did it twice. Giants twice, Phillies, Twins, Brewers, and Nationals. Um, just absolutely destroying the ball this week. Reminding everybody they're still here when they're healthy. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's hitting dongs. And we are back to being the evil empire. Five home runs in an inning. And there are a few guys like Glaber there who had like one home run in the season going into that. Brett Gardner hitting a home run there. I mean, these weren't your usual suspects either. Um yeah crazy inning and little did we know what was going to become of that entire series based on that but here we have it for you we can go to this last one rob this is what the yankees did to the blue jays like i said they scored 43 runs that's not a record but they did score double digits three games in a row that hasn't been done that often you can play it this is the yankees in their entirety all 19 home runs that they hit against the Blue Jays in a three-game series. That is an MLB record. It has never been done before. The previous record was 16. So they shattered it. The five home runs in an inning were involved in this. The three home runs by Higgy were involved in this. 19 altogether. I think Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu had four each. Um, Just a brutal series for the Blue Jays. It pounded them into oblivion. I mean, coming into that game, they were separated by one game in the standings. Now it's like four and a half. Um, this really is what made the Yankees not only 
solidify a 10-game winning streak. They'd win two more against the Red Sox and bring it to 10. But it also has solidified the Yankees into that 4-5 spot, and they're not going to fall further than that thanks to this series, I think. Yeah, that was also the first time in Major League history where a team has hit at least six home runs in three consecutive games. That never happened before. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, a series I had posted them previously throughout the week. Uh, there was a series of records that fell with the way that the Yankees hit the baseball against the Blue Jays. So those are dongs for the week. Yeah, it was just a monster. Mon- it, it was something so real to be a part of as a fan. You're sitting and you're like, wait, what? Really? Is this happening? Is this happening? Yeah. Um, also, I that series showed me the importance of having home field advantage because there's a lot of Yankee Stadium home runs there that would not be home runs elsewhere, so we need home field advantage. Yeah, for sure. It means more to the Yankees and other teams. It's just that simple. Uh, fans or no fans, just the construct of the ballpark, the Yankees lineup has been created <laughs> to, to suit that ballpark. So, I mean, you have um, a hitter like DJ LeMay who can hit a laser the opposite field, and if he gets enough on it, it's going to be a home run. So, right. That's what they do. You, you build the team around your ballpark. That's what you do. If you have a big ballpark, you build the team around pitching. Contact yeah. with Absolutely. Quick updates. Blue Jays, speaking of the Blue Jays, have actually taken a lead on the Yankees in the third. They're up 2-1 to one in that game. Nationals up 2-1 on the Phillies. White Sox have come all the way back to tie the Indians at four. Eloy and uh, Abreu involved there. Eloy, a game-tying two-run home run. The Brewers up one nothing uh, in the fifth on the Reds. Cubs up one nothing on the Pirates. Braves have a 4-3 lead on the Marlins, and the Rays have taken the early lead in the third on the Mets. So those are your current scores. Now, yeah, we've mentioned a lot about the Reds today, a lot about the Yankees today. Let's get into the memorabilia section here, Henry. I will start off. So here is the beginning of what I'll show you. This is just a figurine. This is Paul O'Neill, number 21, on the Yankees. That's a McFarlane. I don't know what that means, but yes. <laughs> Todd so, McFarlane, he created. Yeah, that's the Todd McFarlane, McFarlane figurine. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know his pieces. Um, he's also known as an artist for comic books, and he does also memorabilia stuff for baseball. I'm very impressed by that. I grew up with these. My dad just kind of had them in my room growing up. So this is, I've had this since childhood. But the reason I show you that is before Paul O'Neill was a hero for the Yankees and a warrior with the Yankees, he was uh, on my now second favorite team, a team that very likely is going to make the playoffs, and that is the Cincinnati Reds. Now, the story behind this is a bobblehead, for those of you who can't see it, is if you look very closely at his helmet, you've got Paul O'Neill's autograph. So it's an autographed bobblehead that I actually got outside of the Red Stadium um, when I went to the Reds game last year, which is now why they are my second favorite team, because they have Redzilla and an assortment of other things at that stadium. That's super exciting if you're a fan. It is a very fun place to catch a game if you haven't already go. But when I saw this was being sold, apparently Paul O'Neill's brother works for the Reds still. Um, when I saw this being sold, I was like, this is my perfect souvenir for this trip. Yeah. is getting a Paul O'Neill in a Reds uniforms autograph as a bobblehead. So that is my memorabilia for the day. I cannot find what I was going to show. So I will go with the Mark Teixeira game-used ball. I do not know which game it is, but it is a game-used autograph ball. Um, this is a nice piece you know, for me to have. I'm a big Teixeira fan. Um, love defensive first basemen. Um, saved a lot of errors on that team. So 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to go with. Was that a game used ball while he was with the Yankees? That is a game used ball. He was okay. Nice. Yep. World Series champion Mark Teixeira, 2009. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, nice. So there you go. So crazy because I'm trying to find my the ball that I wanted to show. No, now you can't. You have to wait till next week. Only one 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 per episode. <laughs> Do a deep. It has, funny, it has a funny story too. <laughs> I gotta find it. So there you go. Paul O'Neill signed bobblehead. Mark to share a game used ball. That's our memorabilia for the week. I will post that tomorrow morning when we post the this episode on YouTube and Anchor if you want to listen audio only. Games to watch coming up this week. I, I've i got Cubs-White Sox. They finished the season facing off against each other. Why it's important was that bracket we showed earlier. Cubs probably getting the two seed. It might mean more for the White Sox, but the White Sox uh, can fall anywhere between one, two, three, and four and five. <laughs> if you look at it, there's still a lot up in the air for them. So that's a big series. Two teams uh, facing off, obviously, within Chicago. I'm excited for that to finish the year. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Milwaukee-Cincinnati uh, series, that big playoff implications. There was a lot of series to choose from this week, honestly. A lot of them have playoff implications, but yeah, I like yeah. that one because Cincinnati is in, Milwaukee is not, and Milwaukee's trying to take their thunder. So I'm going to go with that series. Rob, what do you have for us? Well, as you well know that I love to pick West Coast games. Of course. And that's going to continue. <laughs> I have the Dodgers and the A's uh, for this week. I can see, man, it's a possible World Series of the, of thing. That's if they make it that far. I don't know about the A's, but definitely the Dodgers are going to probably make it. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> Little tease there, Rob, giving us his NL World Series pick. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that's a good series. It's a, a good series of two juggernauts kind of going at it. Um, Indians, by the way, take a six, four lead. Blue Jays have extended their lead to three, one. So there, uh, there's your matchups to watch this week. A lot going on in baseball this week. We're going to come back at you next week, 7 PM Eastern time as always on Monday to discuss our playoff picks. Yes. So it's, it's already here. We're already getting ready for the playoffs. Hopefully we'll have a schedule as well. I haven't looked into that as far as whether it's like out there. The season just started. You know, the season just started. We were doing these yeah. we were doing shows with, with no games on tap, with rumors and and, and possible scenarios. And, and we blinked and, you know, 32 shows is it in. And, and, you know, we're already talking about playoff. And it's just crazy, man. Yeah. Feels like we're going to get like 10 shows where we got to have games. And it's right back in the off season, which will make exciting for you. We already have a few guests lined up, too. Absolutely. Um, but until then, this is the best part of the year. So join us next wait, wait. Monday. Leon, Leon, Leon had an awesome post in pop culture life uh, regarding uh, storytelling. So I decided to wear Ghostface Killer shirt, one of the greatest. Oh, yeah, there you go. Face, I am in. I wore that just for Leon. <laughs> I've got all about the wood in okay. honor of all of the dongs hit this week. I got that okay. at the Louisville Slugger Museum. Um Last thing here, what do you have for us, Rob? Well, you know me, I'm a big Turtles fan, so yeah, I got the shredder right there. I like, that. I like that version of it too. Yeah, it's really, really neat. Yeah, nice. <laughs> James Avery, nice. Um, <laughs> so, our uh, yeah, last thing, a little programming note obviously, we're back here Monday, 7 p.m., like I said, next week. 
total basis Sundays. I think they've fallen into a 10 a.m. time slot uh, every week, so definitely feel free to start listing them. That's the fantasy baseball equivalent to our show, so if you're into fantasy baseball or want to get into it, definitely a great thing to watch. That's with Felipe and Sean. And then the Audibles, the Audible is on tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I will be a guest on that. What I'll be talking about, I have not been told, so we will find out. But I have a feeling it has to do with this Giants-Bears game that just happened that kind of ripped my heart out temporarily. So Matt should have a fun time talking to me about that. Uh, But yeah, that's football life. So if you're not in football life, again, we say it every week. If you want to be get into football or you're a football fan, please join Football Life. Listen to their their podcast, The Audible, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern time, same time as Irish, just the next day. Um, those are the podcasts to look forward to, but we will see you next Monday, 7 p.m. here on Dong City. Have a great night. Dong City, bitches.